It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at clipit.tv or check them on Twitter at clipittv. Hey, everybody, John Barcher checking in with you, and I am getting so excited because football is right around the corner. We are just days away from seeing Kirk Coupons, a.k.a. Kirk Cousins, throw some dirt balls, kick up some worms. I can't wait. And if real football is right around the corner, that also means that fantasy football is right around the corner. And there's no better way to play fantasy football than with our friends over at DraftKings. DraftKings is hosting a $100,000 contest this Sunday that is 100% free. And if you draft the perfect lineup, you can win $1 billion with a B. Billion. That means we're buying a yacht. That means we're going someplace hot. That means we are drinking fancy drinks with umbrellas in them for the rest of our lives. And that is all courtesy of DraftKings. So get to DraftKings.com right now. Use the promo code BGNR to play in DraftKings free contest with $100,000 in total prizes this Sunday. And if you draft the perfect lineup, you can win $1 billion. That's promo code BGNR to play for your shot to win $1 billion this Sunday. The contest is totally free to enter, so why wouldn't you try it? DraftKings, the game inside the game. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. You're listening to BGN Radio. That's the mentality here. uh, Who wants to be soft with a a division opponent? Has that ever been the mentality here? No, nobody likes the Cowboys. Nobody likes the Redskins. I really don't give a damn. Less than six days remain until the Eagles' 2017 first game of the season against the Washington. You know what? We are almost here, and it is great. It feels good. Roster cuts are over. The practice squad has been assembled. We talked about that in the latest BGN Radio podcast at BleedingGreenNation.com. It's here, guys. It's time to get excited. Football is back for real this weekend. Obviously, we have the kickoff game on Thursday, Patriots and Chiefs, but who cares about that? All we care about is Sunday. The Eagles are back. It's going to be awesome. I can't wait. Now, I'm Brandon Lee Gowton. Thanks for everyone tuning in. Today is our daily BGN Radio podcast. Uh, thank you for following along. If you're listening to this on the replay on the podcast, once again, these videos stream live on the Bleeding Green Nation Facebook page. That's facebook.com backslash Bleeding Green Nation. If you're listening to me live and you're in the chat room below, thank you for being here, everyone. 
Uh, I see Martin Benjamin Anderson checking in from Denmark, I believe. So glad to have everyone here. And let's get down right to it. This is Washington week. It's finally here. I'm excited. I'm sure you guys are excited. I think the Eagles are hungry to end this streak. The Eagles haven't beaten Washington since September 21st, 2014. Think about that. That's almost three years of not beating Washington. That's crazy. It's been way too long. That's not a team the Eagles should struggle with. It's not like Washington is some dynasty They've barely been a respectable team over these past couple of seasons, maybe more respectable than usual, but certainly not a very good team at all. And I think the coaches and the players, I think they know it's been too long too. Obviously they know it's been too long. They're the ones been losing, but I, I just get the sense that they're very aware of this. This isn't just another game for them. From the comments that I've heard, even Malcolm Jenkins going back to last year, kind of not even directly talking or directly being asked about Washington, but just kind of talking about the context of the division and bringing up, we haven't been able to beat Washington in the past couple of years. And Doug Peterson today during his press conference being asked about Washington in week one, and he even admitted it. And and you saw Lane Johnson, what Lane Johnson had to say in his uh, his puff piece, if you want to call it that, his piece for the um, the Players' Tribune, where he basically almost guaranteed the Eagles are going to win this game. Uh, he said that the Eagles are going to go down to Washington and basically beat them up. So I hope those guys are right. I think there's a lot of motion, motivation to win this game. Obviously, you want to win every game. But this week one game against a team they haven't beat, it's a division rival. I think the juice is going to be there for this game. I love the fact that the Eagles signed Nate Sudfeld, who was on Washington's roster this offseason as their third-string quarterback, to the Eagles' own practice squad. Uh, I, you know, there's some gamesmanship there. Talked again about that a little bit on the podcast. Uh, which you can check out on iTunes, BGN Radio. Um, I think they're ready. I think they're ready to end this streak. I know it's early in the week. We'll get to some more of our coverage and predictions throughout the week. I don't want to get too much into it uh, without spoiling everything. But I, I just I feel like this is the week, guys. I feel like this is the time they're going to right the wrong. I don't know. I'm not saying they're going to go down there and blow Washington out, although that would be great. I'm just saying I think this is the f- time – they finally turn it around, as Nathan Edward points out in the comments here. Deshaun Jackson, yes, was obviously a big factor in those Eagles losses to Washington, and he's gone. Uh, Pierre Garçon is also gone. Some of Kirk Cousins' best weapons are not there anymore. Washington losing their starting safety. How about that? Uh, Sua Cravens just deciding that he might want to retire, and he's not going to be there, so they're already down when they're starting defensive players. Meanwhile, all 53 Eagles players are healthy as Doug Peterson said today. So um, that's something else to consider. But while we're talking about Washington, I want to jump right into the over-under today, always provided by our good friend Stephen Lee on Twitter at Stephen, so that's S-T-E-P-H-E-N, underscore Lee 20. So definitely go check him out on Twitter. He's the one providing us these great over-unders. Every single Monday, uh, he has three, and they're all about the Washington game, which is why I want to jump into it right away. So first of all, we have 
Alshon Jeffrey over under 70 yards. What do you think? Me, and you can leave your thoughts in the comments. For me, Alshon Jeffrey, he's getting over 70 yards in this game. He averages for his career 72 yards. So I, I guess that's probably where Steven came up with that number. If you look back to Alshon's game against Washington last year, I think he had around 92 yards. And that was Matt Barkley playing at quarterback. So I feel good about Alshon in this game. If you go to Bleeding Green Nation and search for Alshon Jeffrey, Josh Norman, you'll find an article that I wrote this offseason back in June where Alshon Jeffrey, the things he's best at, the routes he's best at, his skill set, you look at it, and he's really good at crossing routes and in routes and comebacks. And it just so happens that Josh Norman is the worst at covering those exact type of routes. So I think Josh Norman is going to struggle with Alshon Jeffrey. You turn on the tape last year when the Bears played Washington, Norman was giving up a lot of yards to Alshon on those slants. We saw Carson Wentz connect with Alshon on a slant for a touchdown in the preseason game, Eagles-Dolphins. So I think that's going to be a big mismatch there for the Eagles to exploit against Washington having Alshon here. So I feel good about Alshon in this game. I'm going to say I'm going to say he gets 100. I'm going to say that at least over 70. I think this is a 100-yard game for Alshon right off the bat. I'm expecting big things from that guy. Carson Wentz, 265 yards. Does he get over or under 265 yards? To me, I'm going over. Because you look at his career, he's only done it five times out of his 16 starts so far. So it's a little bit, you know, it's not a given. But one of those games was against Washington last year where he went over that mark. I do think if I'm expecting having Alshon have a big game, obviously I think Carson will have a big game as well. So I think the Eagles find a way to pass on this Washington defense. And I just don't really trust the run game as much to produce so the Eagles I feel like are going to have to throw the ball I'm taking the over on Carson Wentz that seems like an easy pick to me one of the more tougher ones on this list and which is probably why it's saved for last gotta save the most difficult one for last is Wendell Smallwood 40 rushing yards over or under on that one that one's a little tough because uh you look at it and, you know, he's only done it three out of the 13 times he's played. Um, last year, when the Eagles played Washington, they got run all over. It would, it would be nice to, of course, you know, flip the script there. But um, I just think it's funny how uh, Smallwood is... I'm getting text here, sorry, from the, our, our own John Barcher. Um, distracting me a little bit there, sorry. Um... Uh, Wendell Smallwood, 40 rushing yards, over or under. I am taking, man, I want to take the over because I feel like the games where he's gotten a lot of carries and you look at him, he's been most effective and he has been able to get over 40. That's not like a ton of rushing yards. At the same time, I feel like the Eagles kind of struggled to run the, the ball against Washington, even though their run defense isn't great. And I don't know how this running back situation is going to work out. Doug Peterson basically said today that he's going to go with the hot hand. He's going to rotate guys. It's going to be a week-to-week matchup game plan depending on who is involved with uh, the carries and, and how many carries everyone gets. I feel like early in the season, the Eagles are going to stick with LeGarrette Blunt and see what he can do. So I don't feel super confident in taking the over 
on that Smallwood 40. I wouldn't rule it out. I'm not going to say it's impossible by any means, but I'm for now I'm taking the under on that. So over and unders out of the way. Thanks again to Stephen Lee, who you can find on Twitter at Stephen with a PH underscore Lee 20. Comes up with these great over-unders for us every single week. Um, some other things I wanted to get to, kind of mentioned it already, the running back rotation. I'm just really curious to see how that plays out this season. I think it could really just vary. Doug said it, it it's a week-to-week thing. Um, they, they have five running backs on the roster, and really three of them are only going to play, so I wouldn't make too much of that when it comes to, oh, how are they going to split the carries up between five guys? Because I think really uh, Corey Clement, will be your special teams guy if he's active, and I don't think Donald Pumphrey will be active. He basically said today that he doesn't expect to be active, and he was surprised he even made the team. So I don't think we'll be seeing a lot of Pumphrey. He obviously struggled in the preseason. Don't think he's ready to play a lot. From Washington's side, one quick thing I did want to mention is Terrell Pryor. And now I think Terrell Pryor is a very intriguing player. Uh, I know a lot of people wanted the Eagles to sign him in free agency this offseason, I wasn't among those so much driving that train because I thought Terrell Pryor, although very skilled and I think he has a very high ceiling, I wonder about his floor and I wonder about him not being this polished player. And it's only preseason and maybe I'm making too much out of it, but he had more drops than catches in the preseason. He had three drops and only two catches. I think some people... When you look at fantasy rankings and things like that, you see Pryor over Alshon. I think some people just think Pryor is better than Alshon for some reason. And I just, I think we're going to see the pin in on that change very quickly uh, after this week one performance. Hopefully I'm right about that. Um, I want to get to some of your questions. So leave me your questions in the Facebook live comments here on the Bleeding Green Nation Facebook page. Again, that's facebook.com backslash Bleeding Green Nation. For those listening on the replay, also check out our podcast Facebook page, which is facebook.com backslash BGN Radio Podcast. One of the things I wanted to mention is, um, well, first let me get to some of these questions. Um, Record prediction. That's what I wanted to get to. Thank you. Um, I still have it nine and seven. I don't think this is the year where the Eagles are suddenly, you know, they're not going to be the NFC champions or anything like that. I think they, they're they going to be right there in the playoff mix. I think they can win a playoff game. I think they can even win the division. I don't think they're necessarily the favorites. But it's funny when you you use that term as favorites in the NFC East because everyone would agree that the Cowboys are probably the favorites quote unquote, because they won 13 games last year. Right. But at the same time, the winner of the NFC East hasn't repeated as champions since the Eagles did it back in the early 2000s. So it's kind of funny that, uh, you, you know, you would just be like, Oh, Dallas is going to win it again, probably because they were really good last year. It doesn't always work like that, especially in the NFL. So we have some more questions pouring in here, and I'll have some more predictions for you at BleedingGreenNation.com this week, uh, trying to get some of those out there. This question from Will Freimeyer, and he's asking, who will finish the season as the number one running back? See, now, what does that mean exactly? Can it be number number one in rushing, number one in carries? I think Wendell Smallwood has the potential to be that guy. He's younger. Deuce Staley likes him a lot. 
The Eagles spent a fifth-round pick on him last year. So definitely Smallwood has the potential to be in the mix there. But there are concerns. We've seen them. He can't stay healthy. He hasn't been able to uh, prove that yet. There's been some issues with his durability. I don't really know if he has the skill set of being a player who is effective enough as an ideal number one guy over the long term. He might be able to be okay filling in, but I just feel like you can do better. So uh, I'm in the optimistic case, it is Smallwood. I think Blunt is really only here for a year as a stopgap player. So hopefully in the terms of what the Eagles want to happen, that'll be the case. Good question here from Nick Ariola, and that's where would Ashawn Jeffrey rank among NFC East receivers? Okay, so Odell Beckham, obviously number one. I mean, there's no question there. Um, I would put Alshon over Pryor. I think some people would flip that. But to me, Alshon is way more proven as a a body of work, as a wide receiver. Pryor might have a higher ceiling just because he's such a freak athlete. But to me, I would rather have Alshon. Um, You can get into the slot guys. I kind of don't want to compare them as much to the the bigger outside guys. Dez, obviously, um, I guess that's a little tougher. I think Dez is kind of actually declining a little bit. I feel, um, I don't know if he's the same player he was at his peak. I, I Again, this is probably, everyone's going to be like, oh, you're a homer. But I'd probably take Ashawn over anyone not named Odell Beckham Jr. Um, you can talk about how Ashawn's soft tissue injuries and the suspensions are a factor that could bring him down as well. And those are certainly fair points, but... I really like Alshon. I have for a long time before the Eagles even signed him. So give me Alshon Jeffrey when we're talking about NFC East wide receivers, unless you're giving me Odell Beckham. And obviously anyone would take him. Um, Martin Benjamin Anderson asking, do I think the Eagles offensive line will cause troubles this season? I get why people are concerned about it. Didn't necessarily have the best preseason here. Um, it's still too early for me to press the panic button. Let's see how they look in the regular season. Um, yeah, so it's kind of a wait and see on that still. Um, this question from Lamont Hill asking, other than Jordan Reed, who do we have to worry about? Uh, Terrell Pryor, Jameson Crowder. Um, definitely. I mean, those are the guys you named them right there. Um, I think Pryor... Is a guy who you saw give the Eagles a little bit of troubles last year when he was with the Browns. He had that big reception down the field. Of course, that was against Nolan Carroll, who isn't here anymore. So we'll see how that goes. But Jamison Crowder is one of the better and maybe more underrated slot guys in this league. Uh, he's a talented guy. He'll be an interesting matchup. And it's a really good point here because from Lamont because the guy who was going up against Jamison Crowder is Patrick Robinson. And Patrick Robinson... Well, I think he plays his best football in the slot. It's not like he's this elite nickel corner. So that'll be a matchup to watch. Could be a concern for the Eagles. Uh, I don't know if Dexter McDougal will be active on the game day roster. But if Robinson struggles, that's who I think they would want to put in there. Unless they shift Malcolm Jenkins down and then they move Corey Graham in at safety. Uh, the Eagles have some options there. But, you know, Crowder's definitely a name to keep an eye on. Um, and, and one that doesn't get as much hype as a guy like... Uh, Terrell Pryor. Sean Carr is asking only eight offensive linemen on the Eagles. 
53-man roster. How do I feel about that security for the for Carson Wentz? Well, I mean, so you have your starting five, obviously, Jason Peters, Isaac Samalo at left guard, Jason Kelsey at center, Brandon Brooks at right guard, Lane Johnson at right tackle. And then, as far as the backups go, you would think the Eagles are only going to keep seven active on game day, as Doug Peterson said, and one of those guys will be Big V, Halapuli Vadi Vaitai, He's going to be the top backup at right tackle or left tackle. And then you have probably Stefan Wisniewski as your top backup at any of the interior spots. So center or guard, either either side. I think Chance Wormack will be inactive on game days. He's, he's the only place guard. And I didn't think he really had that great of a preseason. So I'm not activating him on game days if I'm making the decision, which I'm not. But uh, in addition to those eight offensive linemen, Eagles did keep keep two on the practice squad, so you still have Dylan Gordon on there, uh, and they also have Josh Andrews, who's able to play uh, center and guard. And Gordon's a guy who played a little bit at guard last year. Obviously, not so experienced as an offensive lineman, being that he's a convert from uh, tight end to offensive tackle. But you still have some guys there, so that's something to consider. I did think eight offensive linemen on the roster was light, considering the Eagles kept 11 last year. But once you bring in those practice squad guys and you have 10 now, it doesn't look as bad as it did originally. Um, what number will Darby wear? If he gets number 28, what will Smallwood take? This question from Matt Keel. I don't know if Darby's going to be able to change his jersey number. None of the jersey numbers that are any good really got freed up with the final cut, so he just might be stuck with 35 unless he can try to somehow pay Smallwood, but I don't know. Smallwood might really like that number and just might not want to give it out, give it up, so uh, Ronald Darby just might be stuck with that number 35 number for now, which he called a terrible number, and it is not a great number. Um, uh... Reading through some more of these questions. This one again from Martin Benjamin Anderson talking about the Darby trade and do I think Darby, he thinks Darby will be elite in this defense. What's my take? I think Ronald Darby is a really, he's not an elite cornerback to me. He's not going to be your Richard Sherman or your Patrick Peterson if you want to use that name or any. He's not an elite top flight guy. He's not that kind of cornerback and that's fine. You know, those cornerbacks aren't easy to get, but he's a good cornerback. I think Ronald Darby will be a pretty good cornerback. He'll be a number one cornerback who can start in this league. And I was talking about it when I was on the WIP Morning Show a few weeks ago. Rhea Hughes had mentioned about how Darby lost out to uh, Devontae Parker on that jump ball. And she pointed out, it was a good point, that a lot of the other wide receivers in the NFC East are bigger guys, and Darby might have to deal with that here. And that's true, but at the same time, Darby's a guy who's going to make those catches difficult. So he's going to make those guys have to work for those catches. And if Des Bryant or Terrell Pryor or Odell Beckham make some kind of crazy leaping one-handed catch, what are you going to do? You have to give them credit. They're really good players. If Darby makes life tough on them, which I think he will, You'll feel good about them. Uh, Marty Hopper pointing out that 25 is available for Darby, but I don't think they're given, you know, that's Shady's number, and they haven't given it out since he's been gone, and I don't think that's going to change anytime too soon here. But um, back to Darby, yeah, I just I think 
he's going to be really good. I, I'm not really worried about him at all. I feel like um, one of the things that you could do against the Eagles' defense last year to counter the defensive line and the pass rush is work with that short passing game. We saw the Packers use that really against the Eagles last year. You can't do that when Ronald Darby is around because Ronald Darby is really fast and he can jump some of those passes and he can turn those if he can catch, which is a problem for him. But if he if he jumps some of those short passes, which we've seen him do, they're going to be pass breakups. They're going to be pick sixes. So I think his addition to the defense is still really big and it'll be great to see him week one getting a big test already, probably going up against Terrell Pryor, who I talked about earlier. Um, I think that's another question here from Buddy Amber Anderson. Are the Eagles bringing back McAllister? So the situation there, and I'm going to have an article on BleedingGreenNation.com about this soon, is that uh, the Eagles are putting McAllister on injured reserve for the second year in a row. He got hurt in the Jets game. Trey Sullivan, who is an undrafted rookie, he was the dude that had that big hit in the Packers guy. Yeah, that guy is also an injured reserve. That's kind of nice for the Eagles to have those two guys stashed away. They won't be able to practice this season, but the team will be able to keep them and have them around for next offseason, and they'll both try to make the roster next year. So that's some kind of good news. Uh, Wesley Brock asking another roster question. What do I think about the Eagles keeping Gibson over Treggs? Treggs deserve to be on the team more, no doubt. The Eagles want to bet on Shelton Gibson's potential. It's fine. I don't feel awesome about it. But the fact that you got Treggs back on the practice squad, you can't be like, oh, you know, it was this big mistake and now you lost Bryce Treggs because he didn't. You still have him. Now, I think it's possible Bryce Treggs gets signed away by another team because that's the thing with the practice squad. You know, you have guys on there. They might stick around for the season, but at the same time, other teams can try to sign them away. So we'll see how that goes. Um, one more thing I wanted to get to before we ended today is the Doug Peterson, Michael Lombardi thing. I gave my thoughts on this along with James Seltzer on BGN Radio. You can check that out again on BGN Radio, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, all of those kind of podcast apps. Uh, and it, the link is on bleedinggreennation.com as well. But Michael Lombardi just coming out here and saying Doug is one of the least qualified coaches in the last 30 years. Again, it's it's a hot take. That's all it is. It's, there's no substance behind it. I know there's, there's substance in the sense of I know where it's coming from, that Doug wasn't like the most qualified guy. That is true. I think we can all agree on that. But just because he wasn't the most qualified guy in terms of experience, that doesn't mean he was the least qualified guy, the very least and the very worst, because we saw what Doug Peterson could do last year. The Eagles went 7-9. and nine. They weren't a disaster. You can't act like he's this, this total bumbling idiot who doesn't know what he's doing. Uh, I know he's a goofy guy, and he gives off that impression because he's not the best at press conferences. And there were times last year when he made questionable decisions. But honestly, tell me a quote coach who doesn't make questionable decisions outside of Bill Belichick, you know, go to any other fan base and it's not just Eagles fans questioning their head coach's ability to manage the clock or things like that. It's every, pretty much, I would say most teams. I was talking to a Steelers writer just not too long ago who, you know, look, Mike Tomlin has won. He's been a Super Bowl winner. They've had a lot of success. And I was talking, this Steelers guy I was talking to, he was telling me fans still get on him all the time about, 
mismanaging things. And he again, he won the Super Bowl. So, you know, it's a really high standard to be held to. And obviously, Eagles fans should expect the best out of Doug Peterson. I just think we got to keep that in perspective a little bit. And I'm not saying Doug Peterson's a perfect head coach by any means. I still have my questions about him. But at the very least, he deserves this year to prove himself again now that there is more talent on this team. And I got to give credit to Doug. He could have fired back at Mike Lombardi. He could have said, he could have ripped him. He could have done whatever. And he kind of just took the high road with it and said, uh, that guy isn't in the building. And, you know, the people here believe in me, and that's good enough for me. And I, and I believe in my players. So uh, that's where it's at. So credit to Doug for doing that. I think that's the right response. Just don't make it a bigger issue than it has to be. Um, I think that just about does it for today. Kind of keep it on the shorter side since, as I said, we released the podcast earlier today, so you can check that out. Um, thanks again for tuning in, everyone. Make sure you go check out bleedinggreennation.com, bgnradio.com. You can follow me on Twitter, at Brandon Gowton. You can follow BGN Radio on Twitter, at BGN underscore radio. You can follow Bleeding Green Nation on Twitter, at Bleeding Green. You can check out BGN Radio, the podcast on Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes. And if you're on iTunes, go give us a five-star review and also leave us a rating. We really appreciate those. Uh, So go and do that. If you want to get more, even more bonus content than the BGN Radio Daily and all the other podcasts we do, you can go check that out at patreon.com backslash BGN Radio. Season's back, guys. We're really excited. We're going to have our recap show. We'll be out in a few days here previewing the or sorry, the recap show, what am I saying? The preview show will be out in a few days with the Eagles-Redskins preview. Uh, We'll be breaking it down. That'll be fun. We'll have the WIP show, which I think, I believe, is on 1-3 to this Saturday, September 9th, so you can listen to that. We have a lot of other fun things planned for this season, so stay tuned right here to BleedingGreenNation.com and BGN Radio and everything we have going on. Uh, Thank you for your support. I'm excited football is back. I'm sure all of you are too. Let's go down to Washington and get a win. Go Eagles.